0: How to decide when to leave or stay in a job? This is the Early Days Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Early Days Podcast, the show about the hustle, the excitement, the doubts, the success, the failures, the ups and downs of building a business from scratch. My name is Marin Gerov, your host, and together with my co-founder, Julian Samarjiv, we interview fellow entrepreneurs about their experience of building businesses. Why? Because we're actually doing that ourselves. We're building our own apparel company. It's called Wear, and we make non-iron dress shirts from performance fabrics. There's a lot more benefits and properties, but uh, you can go to our website, www.wearedoolo.com, and check out more about that. Our guest today is Vessi Tasheva, a career industry expert and talent scout at Enhanci. She also works as a career coach and writes regularly on her blog, which you can find on vesitashe.com. We had a blast talking to Vessi on topics around employment, entrepreneurship, career change, and being fulfilled with your work. It was a very, very interesting conversation, so have a listen. And there were some really nice bits and pieces of advice there. If you would like, you can stay in touch with Vesi. The best place to find her is on her website. Go to VessyTash.com, that's V-E-S-S-Y-T-A-S-H.com or follow her on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at VessyTash. That's also at V-E-S-S-Y-T-A-S-H. Now, without further ado, here's our episode with Vessi.
1: Hey guys, thank you so much for, for having me. Very excited about it. Um so I'm I'm part of the Enhancive team. It's a it's a platform that helps people to create their resumes and and CVs when they apply for a job. Um I joined the team a bit over 2, two years ago. After a bunch of roles, I recently moved into the career industry expert role uh, as part of it I'll be doing also a little bit of talent scouting. scouting. Um, and on the side I do career coaching and I also write about, you know, career change, industry change, any, any kind of struggles, uh, on the job and, you know, in the job and in the career of a, of a professional.
2: Okay. And there was uh, you also have a blog on the side, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. On Medium, yeah.
2: uh, It was a very interesting article on that, which I read, um i read a few weeks ago can you just give us a quick uh, maybe just the title and what uh, what basically the, the article covered
1: mm-hmm. so yeah i think you're referring to the article when uh, like how i decide to stay or leave a company
2: a role. Yeah, correct yeah
1: yeah so it was um it was it was kind of like um a reflection of my like the the last well, the ten years of my professional experience and um, what I liked about certain management styles or leadership or culture, uh, many aspects of uh, of a job, and um, it it was really great to do it because I I realized what I enjoy in a job um, or what I enjoy in a company, um, so that um, it just. Um, It felt it felt really good because then things that I didn't necessarily realize at the start of my career as like irritating or encouraging me, Uh, all of a sudden I was like, oh okay, there is a trend. I've been I react to certain things a certain way, so it all makes sense, and it's it's all me. Um, So at the end, it allowed me. It it basically goes into detail on what leadership style I like or different other aspects. You can take a look. it's, it also includes an exercise that anyone can do to the, to create their own, um, to reflect on their own, what works for them. It's very, uh, it's especially handy when you're thinking about, okay, um, something is bothering me about where I work right now, but is it bothering me enough to change my job? Cause there is, you know, whatever you work, your business or someone else's business or big or small the company is it doesn't really matter there's always problems but um it's all about you know how big or important those problems are for you and then what are the alternatives uh, out there how attractive are they uh, to you at the same time you know with any existing uh, job that you're, that you're doing, you have certain habits and that also keeps you there. And on the other side, um, any new opportunity comes with anxieties, uncertainty. So think about it as like, a, you know it could be like a chart with um, push and pull forces. And some of those things push you towards the new opportunity. Some of them are keeping you where you are now. And when you, when you do this reflection, Um, of what's important for you and how much um, and how important so which are the things but also how important they are for you you can put them down you can even like put a score and at the end you can say oh okay so actually you know what maybe there's a couple of things that suck on my uh, in my current job but the rest of the things that are keeping me not just balance it but I'm actually happy." and it's, um, it's very handy because many times, especially when, uh, when employees, oh, any of us stays on any job, the, the longer you stay, the more you know about the things that you don't like. And you kind of forget about the other stuff. And then you start looking into new jobs. Uh, but we rarely compare, like, both of those things. And when I work with people who are considering to change their job, um, sometimes their arguments are... Mm, a little bit like um, they're like, well, I really like my boss. And and then they're like, yeah, but my boss is not treating me well. And you're like, hmm. So they're not really um, reflecting on the situation. They're having like a bucket of thoughts, but maybe they're not putting them down or whatever mechanism works for them so they can see that there are um, some of those things don't make sense or um, sometimes people were like, well, you know, the pay or commute, whatever, they don't matter as much because, um, let's say I have freedom to work from home and my kid, uh, needs my support. Um, you know, my kid is, I don't know, sick. Maybe there is like a, uh, chronic illness. I want to spend more time at home and this job works for me, but then there is this other job and I'm really interested in it. And it's not always obvious to people when they don't structure their thoughts. That obviously, if you have a sick child, and and the, you know, in this example, and the current opportunity um, allows you to cater to this first, because it's obviously like a huge priority for you. Um, then, if the other job is, um, I don't know, better paid or whatever, it, there is a reason you're not going for it. So. Um, the article a- allows you, like gives you the framework, um, to structure your thoughts and put everything on the table and you're like, okay, actually what's important for me. And what I have observed is people never leave for a better pay. They complain about the pay when there's other things that irritate them about the current job.
2: What is that? And do, do you think, from your experience, do you think people tend to stick longer to a certain position after they're, they're not satisfied? And maybe what are the main factors that are keeping them from putting that trigger and looking for the next opportunity?
1: Well, um, well, studies show that, um, I think it was about 70, 80% of people are not engaged. Um, so let's say like 20% are engaged, um, uh, the majority in the middle is kind of like Meh, and then some people are completely disengaged um so what keeps them there um maybe the the habits are definitely part of it um i have a lot of past colleagues former colleagues who are staying on their current jobs not because they're happy there they're not engaged there or you know they're not successful or necessarily paid extremely well but because they're anxious um, about um, the unknowns in in a future job and something that happens um, not not too often but i have definitely observed it from you know what what previous colleagues have done is um, they would go to a new job they'll spend there a few months I guess they didn't pick their, uh, like a good job, or they were a little bit unlucky, maybe a combination of both. And then they'll go back to the previous place. And I understand that going back to your previous job, is um, it's, you know, it's a shortcut. People already know you. They were probably trying to keep you there in the first place. And uh, so it's easy to go back. They're, they're welcoming you. But um, that's a, that, that is a step back. Um, and it, it actually makes me feel sad that, okay, now that you're finally um, going into the unknown, trying to embrace the uncertainty, the very first moment your fears are becoming reality, you just you just want to hide and never try it again.
0: Yeah. So how does this transition look like? So somebody isn't happy at their workplace, we say. Um how do they go about and decide i want to change jobs or actually i want to try something to do on my own
1: mhm well in, in in any exploration um you usually go through two major stages the first one is you're passively looking or discovering what's what's out there. So we're kind of like, OK, you know, something happened. There is a specific event that uh, puts you in the mind frame of, OK, I need to change something. It doesn't necessarily uh, result in an action right away. It's usually followed by another event. Uh, let's say your boss is an asshole again, or someone else, and you're like, oh my god, it's not just the, the boss, it's also the colleagues or whatever. Um, and then you're like, okay, I I cannot tolerate this anymore. And then it pushes you to specific actions. So that's the active stage. And then, um, you know, maybe most people will think, well, it's very different if you're looking for a job compared to um, starting your own thing. I actually see a lot of similarities um, because what we just talked about, you know, your current thing, the problems and habits related to your current thing versus the attraction of the new step, of the next step, and the anxieties and uncertainties there, there it's it's the same framework. It's just a different opportunity. And in both cases, you need to you need to do your homework. What's important for you? For example, is it um, is autonomy one of those things? Is it um, is it money? Is it stability? Uh, it could be you know emotional or financial stability. Um, or the environment, how stable the environment itself is. Can you, um, like, what are the, the learning opportunities? Um, is it a lot like an adventure? Cause you can come, you can combine all of those things. And then, um, most people think about it as like, I need to either get a job or start something on my own. And the way I see it is like, there are more options you can you can start something on your own, or you can, um, you can be an early employee in a, in a company that looks like what you think you could create. So that gives you more stability. So if stability, let's say financial stability or emotional stability is a, is a big factor for you, and you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm too anxious about all of the uncertainties related to creating the business. I cannot, um, you know, I don't know how to bootstrap or fundraise. Um, I'll be conscious about, um, you know, getting the revenue that's needed. I'll I'll have to pay salaries or whatever. If that feels like um, too much of a worry, you can be like, okay, I can be an early employee where someone else is figuring those things out. So you can still have the adventures and a lot of the responsibilities without necessarily feeling the burden of um, attracting the revenue. Like, your job can still be like attracting the revenue in, in many ways, but you wouldn't be the one responsible if people were paid their salaries at the end of the day.
0: I think that this transaction, tra- tra- not transaction transitional period is very, very interesting, especially that a lot of people think, in my opinion, that it's either or. So... I need to quit my job and I need to start something new. I need to quit my job and find a new job. Whereas actually a lot of those things you can do while you're still, um, well, let's say in our case, we're building a business while still being happily employed. And at the same time, that's not really interfering uh, among, in our work in both places. Um, instead of deciding to quit the job uh, and take this huge financial risk and then go all in on your own business. Of course, you're going to make some trade-offs but uh pretty much the same thing could be said for finding a new job for example if you're unhappy you can take as much time as you need to to go carefully through the process and actually uh, evaluate and find something that uh, suits you very well i would love to hear your thoughts on that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah um i agree um there is I think the time that you can have while still on the job, regardless of if you're looking for a new thing or uh, creating something on your own, it's very valuable because um, it keeps you busy. So you won't get into the stage of, oh, you know, uh, I have all of the time in the world now that I'm unemployed. Um, It doesn't matter if I'll start at, I don't know, 8 a.m., 10 a.m., or uh, 3 p.m., so um, you keep your you keep the same rhythm, but you need to start squeezing in, you know, slots of getting something productive towards what you're trying to achieve. And adding those bits, um not in a rushed way, but having you know a little bit on a Monday, then maybe a little bit on the weekend and so on, rather than having it all full time, allows you to um have the transformation because identity doesn't happen overnight. You don't just wake up, you know, you're like, okay, I'm quitting my job on Monday, on Tuesday, I'm this new person. Um, even if you're doing exactly the same thing, um, let's say you were, I don't know, a developer in in a startup, and tomorrow you're a developer in a, in a, in a corporation or vice versa. This is, this is a huge change in your identity. And we're not even talking about, um, relocating in this case or changing your career or switching from one industry to another or going to a more senior and challenging role and imagine when those things are also added to to the mix or starting your own business it's uh, you, you've been in a certain role whatever it has been and all of a sudden it's something completely different so to start introducing yourself um as someone who's interested in the new field or creating the new this new business, you need to give yourself time. And what usually people do is um, they sign up for courses because uh, it gives them confidence when they get a certificate that says, "Yeah, this person knows this thing." Or um, I don't know, they attend events, so they gradually. Everything they do is some kind of an investment in um building this new identity and this is how the transition happens like you cannot go to five conferences this week and all of a sudden be like hey you know i was a salesperson and now um i'm running my own business it's not it's not so it's just not so quick so i would say finding you know um give, allowing yourself some time to attend relevant events um network learn from, from those people. Um, all of, they will actually start to perceive you as someone who is already in that field. Um, that, that, that's more relevant when you're starting a business or you're making more of a, of a career change. Not so much when you're going from you know the same function, let's say developer in this company and moving to the other one as a as a developer. Unless it's a let's say a new technology or um, I don't know. You've been in an outsourcing company, and all of a sudden, you're going to, let's say, startup events, and different different skill set, different attitudes is required. So, by going to those events, you you get to hear how those people think, what books they read, what other events they um, they go to. Um, do they even care about certificates or any kind of academic achievements? What, what, what is relevant to this new field? So you're exploring, you're learning how to become what you're trying to become. You have the time to do it. You're not under the financial pressure of, shit, no one will pay me a salary at the end of this month because I quit. Um, and you also have the time to build yourself, uh, uh, building this confidence, becoming that person. So maybe in a month or two or three or as long as it takes, you, you can introduce yourself um, with this new title, be that, you know, um, I'm the founder of this business, or um, I have this, you know, completely different role. Maybe, you know, you were head of marketing, and now you want to go for
2: head of operations.
0: Really yeah. Do you think there's a... Oh, yeah?
2: No, no take it, take it,
0: Marie. Well, uh, it's a more philosophical question, but do you think there's a perfect job?
2: Hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: I think it's, um, I don't think it's like a constant perfect job. Um, Very much like the things that we value mm, in different moments of life, um, the perfect, the idea of the perfect job changes as well. Uh, For example, on my first job, I wasn't probably... uh, (laughs) worried if there will be, I don't know, health insurance, you know, uh, like health care covered by the employer. Because you're young. You're like, you know, I'm, I don't know, 22, 23. Um, it doesn't matter. It's like, you're not getting sick. Um, and then when you are, let's say, in your 30s, 40s, um, you're like, well, yeah, health insurance is important for me. Um, same with the job. Um, We change, we evolve, our needs evolve, our knowledge for the world changes, um, our needs change and um, our needs change. And also like um, the things that I was appreciating um, early in my career were helping me to find the next thing that that felt great or didn't feel great. And that was still a, a learning opportunity. Sometimes it also sucked, but, you know, so it's a mixture of both. Um, but the things that I enjoy now are nothing like my first jobs. So it's, you know, we're, we're evolving. Our needs evolve. Um, even if you think about it as like, I don't know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs on your first job. What do you need um, to earn some money, have nice colleagues, learn stuff, earn enough so you can do some trips, you know, go on vacation, I don't know, uh, buy new clothes. Because in college, you don't really go on trips. You don't really get that much uh, new clothes. So there, these are easy things. You, you, we want to be able to pay our rent so we don't live with your parents. It's those things. And then as your career progresses, regardless of if you're becoming an entrepreneur or not, um, you, you're you tend to be more driven by... Your, your purpose. It's not, not enough to be able to afford certain things. Uh, what I found works very well for me is when um, what I do is related to something that makes me feel fulfilled. It's related to my purpose. So um, when, I can, when I can do uh, the things that I believe in, the things that I say, think and feel, um, that, that's amazing because then it, it's it's very easy to be in flow, just to enjoy my job and to get things done. So I feel <clears throat> I feel productive, um, but I feel fulfilled. So it isn't just productivity.
2: Uh, well, from experience, what are some of the come the common threads that uh, you've seen? Uh, at a workplace slash employer that people that keeps uh, their employees happy. Have you seen some common, you know, factors on the, in the workplace?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were actually having a discussion today with a couple of my colleagues. Uh, what are low cost benefits that uh, keep employees happy? And my first thought was actually giving a shit about your yeah. employees. Um, I think that that's huge. Um, and then, you know, if if you hire people who share the same or almost the same purpose as you, that, that keeps you focused and, and united, unless it's purely transactional. But I guess that could also be a shared purpose, right?
2: Yeah. And uh, another thing that I've seen quite a bit lately is uh, when... Um, when people are hiring for a position, let's say, and in the very early stages, they usually just look at the CV and if, and if they don't see that position in the past from that person, they usually don't even get to get to an interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how would you advise someone who's, uh, who's been doing a certain role for a few years and then is now looking to, let's say, maybe build on top of that or even change that role a little bit? Uh, Towards a different role, but he maybe has the experience just from uh, from working in his his previous role, but he doesn't have it on the CV, as a title that position.
1: So, if I'm getting it correct, the problem is just the title. Is this what you're saying?
2: Yeah, maybe lack of experience, but say let's say he's been part of of an industry, uh, and then he wants to go within that same industry, but with a different role, for example. Mm -hmm. So, how would you basically uh, upgrade? That position without having previous experience in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, first, when we talk about experience, um, you know, it's not only experience that you have on the job. Uh, maybe you have some of that experience in a side project of yours, um, or let's say, let's say you organize events around that topic. For example, let's say you've been doing um, advertising, but you're very curious about growth marketing and you, you've been doing traditional advertising, right? So you don't have a growth marketer title. If you can show the your side project in in, in this example, um, is growth marketing events, although we are not an expert in this field, it demonstrates that you have an interest and you're contributing to the community. You're participating. So in a, in a, in, a, in an active way, uh you' you're learning from what you're creating what you're contributing to although you're not a growth marketer so that's that's a great way to show it alternatively you can take let's say certificates online so that it it doesn't show practical experience but it shows um it it shows the desire it shows the ambition um it shows consistency um it shows that when you want something you you know you don't, you don't give up you you'll, you're you're finding the a way to get there and sooner or later it will happen um if it's something that is just a matter of a title um, because many times people have some part of that experience in a previous role um, although the title doesn't reflect that then you can highlight it a, a little bit more in that role um and you can so so let's say uh i don't know you're you're doing a i don't know seo but as part of it there were some growth uh, experiments um that were possibly not even related to seo but you're still applying for the growth uh marketer role you can create a section on its own um and say okay this is my growth marketing experience and it doesn't matter, then you're still highlighting the relevant experience, although it doesn't match the title. Mm-hmm. And you can even position it on top of just before the experience. Let's say, you know, this is all of your professional experience. And just before that, where sometimes people have summary or whatever, you can, you can, you can start with that. Um, my resume, for example, it starts with coaching experience because um, I want to highlight the, the coaching bit. And then it's um, you know my leadership experience, and it's the last few roles that I've been in. So, because the coaching experience otherwise would be kind of hidden within the leadership experience or somewhere on the bottom. So, um, I have created, I have separated the experience into separate um, sections, and then one of them is the more traditional one. In this case, leadership experience, and the coaching experience is. Exactly what I want to show, and I don't have uh, there 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 is no specific rules that I can that I should follow around that because it's a you know you have created the section another way to do it is to create um a most proud of section um it's something that most of uh, the users on enhance add to their resumes and it allow like if you have um an achievement that's Relevant and you want to highlight this. It's it's a fantastic place to put it there. You just need to explain uh, Why like why did you took on this initiative? Um, why did it matter and what happened as a result of it? Mm-hmm.
2: It's a good segue because uh, I'm currently now in talks. Uh, just gonna gonna have a selfish, selfish question now because um, I'm, I'm currently in talks for a new position and usually uh, when I started speaking with people I think a side project is always a plus if it's finished, like in the sense of if I think people get kind of uh, hesitant if you have a side project that's still going on. Um, and I, I mean, from my experience, I think most people perceive it as a negative in the sense that you're probably going to be thinking about that side project or you're going to be investing time in that during work hours. So I don't know if, you, if you're working during the weekend, then you wouldn't be as rested doing that, that main job. Do you see that... Uh, First of all, have you seen that uh, from your own experience, and do you see that uh, mindset kind of changing as as the workplace kind of evolves and gets more modern?
1: I think you can see both. Um, it it really depends on the on the company, the culture, the management, the I don't know, the hiring manager, your potential boss. <clears throat> mm. In in enhancive, we, we like most of the people have side projects. We really value this and, and it allows us to have a more diverse um, environment in terms of interests, personalities. It's it's more interesting to talk to, to, to such people. Um I know specific companies that only hire people who have side projects because it allows them to see objectively what this person can achieve completely on their own. Because um, when you have a budget, when you have a team, all of those things, you have the support to create things. But when it's completely on your own with no budget, what have you achieved? Um, if, if a company is worried that your side projects will take out of your energy or time, well, it's, it sounds like two things. Um, there is a trust issue there, and they want you to live for them to kind of like uh, live to work a little bit um or they're extremely conservative, even if they don't expect you to work too many hours. They're like, nah, we don't expect you to be happy necessarily, but we don't want you to prefer something else more than us in your you know in the professional sense um And then the question is, do you want to work for any of of those companies?
0: Yeah, I think it comes like, it's this entrepreneurial spirit. Um, Again, in my opinion, that if somebody is like this, it means that this person is super responsible and has proven uh, the fact that he's knowledgeable or he wants to to be knowledgeable, to be interested. Um, He wants to be uh, curious. That's the word that I was looking for. Uh, and I think most businesses could actually benefit from having such curiosity, proactiveness, because most people otherwise would just go ahead and uh, go through the motions once they go into an organization, settle a little bit uh, and become comfortable with it. Whereas if you have entrepreneurial spirits in the company and people with that experience, uh, you're more likely to for people to try different things. Yes, they might make more mistakes along the way, but uh, for sure you'll learn more with people like that.
1: Yeah they're pro- they're more likely to be as you said curious to be learners they probably read more books or more articles um yeah they, they would be more focused on advancing and learning because they they have their own drive it's not it's not only the targets that they need to meet in the company that they work for
2: and do you guys my question to both of you do you think it's um uh it's a bit different Europe compared to the US because I think maybe the US is a bit more open-minded in that sense, whereas uh, we in Europe are maybe a bit lacking behind. I don't know, I guess
1: like it's hard to generalize, do you mean in tech or in any other specific industry, I, I don't know, I know I was previously in digital health and a lot of the clinicians that we were working with, they would have one or two startups on the side and none of the hospitals that they worked for uh, minded that actually quite the opposite. It was more prestigious to have them um, in the hospital because they were, it was showing that they're innovators. Mm-hmm. So I, it's super I don't know. I think it's case by case, maybe industry by industry, but more so company by company.
2: Yeah, because I think for a, let's say, a technical position like a developer one, again, speaking from personal experience, I think most companies just expect you to be like the programmer. So you get in, like you write code eight hours a day. Um, so I think for that position, it's a bit more hesitant towards a side project, whereas in other industries, it could be different. Yeah, I guess.
1: Well, well, you know, on our team, all of the developers have their side thing. One of them is a magician. Other does like uh, home automation in in his home. So um, another one uh, competes in like uh, swimming competitions. So uh, I don't know. Like obviously, some of those uh, things on the side are related to their job, and others are not. Um, but what matters is that. People were enjoying it um, and it energizes them and when they come to work um, you know they're they're happy to do their job
2: yeah well I'm not looking at the right companies there I need that list Vessi. can you send it to me after that I need that list of forward-thinking companies
1: well first we need to work on what you value so we don't just rush into companies that only appreciate the side projects
2: yeah, true. It sounds
1: it sounds like one of your criteria, but what are the other ones?
2: Yeah, we need to go through the process. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, cool, guys. I don't know. Maybe we can wrap it up with some tips for uh, people who are in that that position. Uh, again, coming back to the article, who are probably evaluating their uh, current situation. Uh, where should they look, or what should they look for within? Uh, themselves and within the organization, and how should they uh, think about their future path?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, a great ways to learn from the past, as probably any uh, historian or uh, will will suggest. but um, yeah, like um reflecting on previous roles or um, let's say, if, even if it's your first job, you can you can look at previous situations. what type of dynamic do you enjoy? What type of leadership style, if you haven't experienced leadership style, you know, um, even like style um, of teaching that you experience with your professors, whatever. Um, so putting things down, is it? Is it freedom? Is it learning? Is it responsibility? Some people would love responsibility. Um, is it important for you to create or to improve or... I don't know, whatever it is. Um, But you need to go through the past and see which were the moments that you absolutely enjoyed and which were the moments that sucked. And why was it? What was it about the environment or your role or the dynamics, anything. So in this way, you can extract um, those forces and they would either have a positive or um, negative sign so you can, you can look at them as push or pull forces then determine the magnitude and, uh, and see if that, that gets you closer to the next step or keeps you where you are. If that sounds too abstract, um, you, can, you can take a look at the illustrations in um, the article uh, that we mentioned. Um, you can Google stay or leave Vessi with double S and
2: We'll work. link it in the, in the podcast. Now. OK.
1: Perfect. Um and you can look at the illustration. Um, it's also explained as an exercise. And for someone who's considering to start their own thing, um, I think it will also help them understand. Are you are there like um an entrepreneur or are do they actually have the entrepreneurial skills and motivation? Or they should stay in the corporate world or just work in a more mature startup or be an early employee and some of the people that i was coaching uh, recently they were like oh you know i want to create things from scratch but i don't want to be a co-founder i was like why don't you just you know the, you don't have to be their co-founder you can be an early employee there and it didn't even occur to them so there are so many options or if you want to be let's say in the entrepreneurial space maybe you can be an advisor or a mentor of a startup you don't have to do it full-time so there are so many ways to do it you can consult them or you know um so check out the article and actually if um whoever is listening if you have any any questions uh feel free to to reach out on facebook twitter email whatever um or comment on the article and i'll be happy to help out
2: and to yeah to wrap it up and then thanks again for coming on just can we have the maybe some handles that people can reach you on any websites, we'll link the article and anything else besides that.
1: Yeah, uh, my handle is Vessi Tash so V-E-S-S-Y T-A-S-H it's the same on Medium and on Twitter Um, my website is VessiTash.com and yeah and from there you can find me on LinkedIn Facebook, anywhere really. Everything is interlinked, so it's easy.
2: <laughs> nice. Thanks, Vessi. Thanks for all the insights. I think we'll definitely do a part two sometime in the future.
1: Thank you so much for having me, guys.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to our podcast and share it with somebody who think uh, may find value from all of this. Thank you very much again. Until next time, bye-bye.